0: welcome to the 80 acres podcast i'm your host ice cold and this being the first episode well what you can very well expect is anything that can be done outdoors will be discussed out here ranging from fishing to off-roading to camping and anything else that can be completed in the great outdoors which brings me to the topic of our first episode today which is going to be reloading how to pick components and if you a person is not familiar with reloading. It is the art, so to speak, of creating consistent, accurate ammunition tailored to one rifle. Now, the step one in trying to figure out how to pick your components is take an inventory of what you already have. It's pointless to go out and waste money on something you already have that will be able to suffice and do what you need it to. Second, got to determine what the purpose is. Is this going to be a target round, or is this going to be a hunting round? We're going to delve into that. I'm going to explain in step three how to pick your, gu- your appropriate powder and what to look for. And number four, it's all going to be ultimately how to develop good rounds with with the equipment you have available so in step one like i said earlier figure out what you have point let go waste money on something that you already ha- have and can currently use this can be either finding empty brass that you already have or using other components that you already have for other projects and whatnot Step two: What is the purpose? Is this going to be a target round or is this going to be a hunting round? There's a big difference between the two. As a typical target projectile will have a higher ballistic coefficient, but it will not be able to expand and transfer its kinetic energy to the target as well as something like a uh, a typical hunting bullet, something like a Interlock, that's C R Game King, an Ozark Bond. Barns. so once you figure out what your purpose is you can then move on to step 3 and that's picking a gunpowder this is probably the, the most complex out of out of picking your components because A there's so many variations and B there's a, it'll all be dependent on which projectile you pick, each projectile uses its own load data, and on that note, do not mix and match loading data. Each bullet and each projectile is built differently. Ultimately rendering oh, what's the word? rendering it, it performs different from each other. So, when you're looking for a good gunpowder, temperature stability is a big thing, especially in a hunting round, not so much a target round, because in hunting situations, you're in adverse climate, you're in colder climate, you're in not so typical weather, whereas in target shooting, you already can typically pick your day, so to speak. Now... The powders I typically pick are based on two things. One, giving me maximum velocity. Two, giving me 95 to 100% case capacity. Both work can work intertwined, and both are as important as the other in developing good ammunition. Picking too fast of a propellant, Can lead to the creation of extra space in the casing without building enough velocity, but on the other hand, too slow of a propellant will ultimately fill the case without gaining any sort of realistic velocity. There are typically four types of powder that one can pick from. First one is your typical stick powder. This is your H4350s, your IMR4064s, and etc. These are the most temperature insensitive out of the bunch and may ultimately make good all, all around ammunition. Type 2 is a ball powder. Ball powders are far less stable, but they also meter well, they burn way more consistently. But because of the temperature insensitive, or the temperature sensitivity of a ball powder, it's typically not desirable for a round that is constantly being used throughout a, ver- a variety of uh, of temperature ranges. The third type powder is a flake powder. This is typically found in shotguns, so it's not really applicable to rifle reloading but if you're using a shotgun you're already in hand-loading for a shotgun you're already familiar with your flake powders this is your sound 100x your red dots blue dots powders like that Uh, these are way faster burning than what any sort of rifle should be able to handle the fourth type is a combination it is a ball powder crushed a ball powder crushed is ultimately like i said it's crushed it's like taking a hammer and pounding a ball pounding the ball (laughs) and flattening it this increases its surface area but it definitely doesn't help with the temperature and sensitivity or i guess temperature sensitivity in this case so as i alluded to earlier where i would use a stick powders is a round that is ultimately made for multiple uses. It's a generalized round. It's going to see a lot of variation. That's where I would use stick, the stick powder. Where I would use the ball powder is if I already know and I'm able to select what days I'm going out on, such as target shooting, that's where I'd use the ball powder. Ball powders are very consistent burning. Because of their small amount of surface space and their easeability to ignite. Now that we have our propellant picked out, now we need a method to ignite it. And unfortunately, magnesium fuses just don't work in this case. So, in reloading, a person must pick a primer. Typically, I pick a CCI or a Federal, but as long as it's reliable, Just use it. This is one of those parts that, similar to brass, it's what you if you have it, you have it, and if you're going to go if you have to go out and buy it, well, thankfully this is one of the cheaper components, comparative to a propellant or a projectile. Now, now that we have all of our stuff selected, we are ready to create the ammunition. Typically for the first set, load five rounds at a specific weight, and then load another five rounds, half a grain, with half a grain of variation. Now it's time to test. Once you finish your box of 50, each one having a half a grain of variation between, or each group of five having a variation of half a half a grain each between each one. You pick the two tightest groups, and then you go 0.1 of a grain increment. And once you're finished that, you pick your tightest group. That is your your uh, preferred your rifle's preferred load. Why is tar- reloading and target shooting important? Well, it is proof that science exists and can improve life and hobbies typically found and enjoyed by people who sometimes don't believe in the scientific method. But target shooting is definitely the every man's means to practice applied physics. What makes this, well, what makes this physics? Well, by igniting the, pow- the propellant, it creates a, a gas pressure that can be measured in PSI or CUP. Which forces a projectile out at a specific velocity, and ultimately creates an equal force backwards, called which is can be described as recoil. They're equal and opposing for equal opposing forces. Once the projectile leaves the barrel, which has been rotated in order to be stabilized for flight, which is caused by the twist of the barrel. Trajectory takes place and can be affected by the projectile's ballistic coefficient. Ultimately, ballistic coefficient is how well the projectile can fly through the air without losing too much speed. This can be met, this, uh, well, this can be measured, its velocity at distance, thanks to Doppler radars and whatnot. But velocity affects how much kinetic energy can be exerted. The typical formula for kinetic energy is half mass velocity squared but can be reworked to mass in grains times velocity in feet per second divided by 450,435 and that will give force upon impact in foot-pounds per square inch this the kinetic energy isn't as important for target shooting because target shooting is you're hitting steel you're or you're hitting paper but ultimately in a situation where somebody is let's say trying to take a deer or a bear that velocity and that retained velocity thanks to a high ballistic coefficient projectile ultimately we'll be able to transfer more energy thanks to, again, mass times velocity squared in order to cause contusions and ultimately kill the animal that is needed. But, there's a little twist to this. Each wildlife, each huntable game as it were, has has a different muscle density deer ungulates don't typically have as much muscle mass so it's a lot easier to penetrate whereas let's say a black bear or god forbid if you need to defend yourself against a polar bear and yes that's a real thing In some northern communities, the muscle density is far more greater. There's a lot more muscle per, let's say, square inch of animal. So, ultimately, what that comes down to is, can we push a heavier bullet faster, increasing the force upon impact? Sometimes you can, depending as to what round you're picking but at the end of the day when you're reloading like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you pick your components based on what you're going to use it for and speaking of muscle density, that's how the FBI came up with the FBI protocol 10% ordinance gelatin is ultimately made to emulate human muscle mass well, unfortunately we're not dealing with human muscle mass and if you even think about doing that, don't. Because this is purely for scientific method. This is to prove a lot of what Duncan McPherson said about sexual density of an animal versus versus uh, sexual density of a projectile. Ultimately, that theory boils down to the heavier the bullet the better the penetration but without velocity there is no energy transfer and without energy transfer there is no wound track, there's no contusions to ultimately drop gain as for target bullets the faster the velocity and the means to retain it i.e. a high ballistic coefficient projectile, which 90-100% to of the target bullets are, the further distance you can go accurately without being deflected by wind or losing lots of velocity. So what does one need to get into reloading other than the gear? Keeping in mind that these are personal traits, not necessarily stuff you can go and buy in a store kind of deal the first thing is patience reloading is a very very time-consuming hobby and it's a very time-consuming task without patience well it just doesn't work the second trait a person will need is control without control especially over oneself bad things happen Barrel explosions happen when people overload ammunition, trying to ask the powder and the combination for more speed, more velocity, instead of changing the combination for the better. Well, that's when barrel explosions happen, and when that happens, everybody's a loser. And the third thing and final thing is consistency. When a person gets into reloading, you got to have... The mentality of being consistent, this is definitely a perfectionist hobby. You can definitely get very minute and very minuscule with charge weights and making sure each projectile weighs the same. One does not need to go that perfectionist, but as long as you are very consistent with your ch- weight charge weights, you'll be fine and your results will be very consistent there are four things to watch out for when reloading number one split cases well if a case is bad it's got holes in it it's gonna lose its pressure and it's ultimately gonna or can ultimately cause harm to one's self or to others the second thing is a swell primer pocket well this is not as harmful <laughs> but it is just as important because If your primer falls out, it's not going to hold any sort of powder. It's going to all just fall through. The third thing is overall length. Make sure you're within your maximum overall length for your rifle. It will vary from rifle to rifle. But that ultimately is to allow it to chamber and be able to be used. Something similar along those lines is be wary of your trim length and your shoulder angle this is just as important as overall length because if your case is too long it still will not chamber no matter how long it is but it also affects how much case capacity you have in your round which ultimately affects how much pressure is built up So be very weary about how long your cases are, and be careful of definitely splitting cases. Splitting cases are definitely a no good thing. So, what are some of the benefits of reloading? Well, number one is cost. Cost is a very cost effective means to get very good quality, which is another bonus, ammunition the second thing is it's all controlled it's all consistent you're again going back to the perfectionist aspect of this pastime it it will give you give the best consistency versus box ammunition and the third thing is it's tailored to your use that's the biggest thing there's there's no replacement for what your observations are And nobody can take that away from you. That's your observations. Before I end this episode of this podcast, there is something that I do want to say. This is a pastime. This is meant to be enjoyed. Whether you are a hunter who hunts for tradition, or if you're a hunter that ultimately is looking to gather more natural meats. Or if you're into long-range target shooting, it is up to you to ultimately practice the sport as safe as you can what does that mean well that means if you for example if you are hunting be aware of your surroundings be Be aware of what's behind your target if you're a target shooter well prac- practice that in a safe controlled area such as a range or if you per- if you have access to a large amount of land make sure you have a very big backdrop behind whatever targets you have set up. But from a reloading aspect, keeping within the specified data is very important as barrel explosions can cause harm not only to yourself, but to other people. This can ultimately be solved with following either Jeff Cooper's Four Commandments of Firearms Handling, or if you're a Canadian, Axe Improved because at the end of the day this is a sport to be enjoyed by those who are already in it or people who want to get into it and there is definitely no fun in causing harm to yourself or to other people but on a positive note on the next episode of the 80 acres podcast we will be delving into ironically enough a meat eater article this article ultimately discusses how to get new new shooters into hunting and target shooting and whatnot by based on cartridge selection I will be looking at alternative cartridge selection picking up some oddballs maybe pick some alternate cartridges that are just as effective as what the article claims but I'll be also looking into the reloading com- component selection and reloading technique in order to reduce the felt recoil from any particular cartridge so until next time this is ice cold signing off